0: It's that time again. Comic Book Storylines is back. If you haven't followed me on Instagram, shame on you. Just kidding. It's at Bry the Comic Book Guy. I post pictures of all the comics we talk about each week, so there, so you can see what issues you're looking for if you want to get the issues and want to read up on what I'm talking about. Speaking of that, if you're looking for anything in particular, I can help you find it. You can email me, the comic book Guy at gmail.com. This week wraps up our discussion on Avengers Forever. We cover issues 9 through 12, the wrapping up of this storyline. It's been a trip so far. Time-traveling Avengers, traveling through time and space. Sounds like quite the adventure, huh? And you're just getting a glimpse of what is coming up in the new movies with the bad guy, Kang, who's also Immortus, who's also Ramatutton seen some images of him in the last couple of movies especially uh, heavily in the recent Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. When we left off in the storyline Yellowjacket had seemingly turned on the Avengers and brought Immortus to them and knocked them all unconscious. We know that Yellowjacket's been unstable over the years in the normal Avengers history well for longtime readers anyway. He never put two and two together that he was Hank Pym due to a mental breakdown. In issue 8, he saw that he was indeed Hank Pym, so maybe this made him dive deeper off the edge? We're not really sure. We will see at least. Let's get back into it with Avengers Forever issue 9. Now this issue, it's not really tied to the storyline a whole lot, this is more of like Kang's reflection and it becomes more of like a Kang origin story so if you're looking for more information about the bad guy Kang that's going to be in the new movies this issue is definitely for you because it goes through most of his history and his origin and everything now I'm only summarizing this this issue is quite intense as far as background information on Kang so I'm summarizing this one as best I can but still to a lot for the rest of the storyline It's an important one for those that want to know more about Kang and have seen the movie Quantumania, and you probably have a whole bunch of questions. So Kang is mostly just like a regular guy. He's used technology and other things to make him a really powerful being in the universe. He's been around since the very early days of the Avengers, and over the years he's popped up very frequently and with a lot of different variants. So we see Kang in his stronghold, and the narrator says it's a century-old building built by machines from an ancient civilization. Now he's recovering from his encounter with a mortise and decides to play back his autobiographical archive. So he's watching his own events and everything on some screens there. Uh, he's kind of, how did I get to this moment, pondering things. He takes off his mask and helmet and you see he's just a regular guy. So we get to see that he's from a far future, far away future, like way, way, way in the future, after huge wars have ravaged Earth and whoever was left have rebuilt. He's more of a historian who's uh, reveling in watching old footage from events across time. So he ends up one day deciding that he wants to be a part of events instead of just watching them. And digging deeper into things, he discovers that he might be related to either Doctor Doom or Reed Richards from the Fantastic Four. He didn't care who which one he was related to, but since he had ties to the era of the modern age of heroes, as they called it in his time, he wanted to get more extensive research into it, as you will. So he ends up finding remnants of one of Dr. Doom's old time machines. He rebuilds it and forms it around the shape of that Sphinx-looking machine that the Avengers have been using in this storyline. He travels all the way back to ancient Egypt and becomes the character Ramatut, So that's where Ramatut came from. He goes back to ancient Egypt because he's fascinated with that time frame, and he uses this technology to make them think he was a godlike person. But at one point, if you've read up on the Fantastic Four in in the late 60s and 70s, the Fantastic Four traveled into that time, and they ended up encountering him and fighting him. They eventually won and returned to their present. And he decided that he needed to move on from the time frame at that point. So while he was traveling in time, he runs into Dr. Doom just kind of floating in this limbo of time. So he ends up taking him aboard, and he tries to convince Dr. Doom that at one point, Doom becomes Kang in a future state. Now, we saw Kang show up in the old Infinity War comic, not the movies. The Infinity War comic was the direct sequel in the comics to the Infinity Gauntlet. And in that, Kang comes through a time portal, and he ends up trying to help Dr. Doom— Try and uh, beat the bad guy. So we know now that it was a trick and he's not really somebody that's going to become Kang. So then Kang says he's gone through divergent timelines where he's become the character Scarlet Centurion and has messed around with those timelines Avengers at one point too. And then he went back on his own, to his own time to gather technology and finally made that purple and green armor costume that we're used to him being in in the comics and you've seen in the movie. So then that's when he started calling himself Kang the Conqueror. He led an army to overthrow that timeline and take over the galaxy. And then he said he realized he was born to be a conqueror. He then sets its sights on going back and dealing with the Avengers again throughout their time. So he goes back into the early formation of the Avengers in the late 60s. And it ends up going into a time that, the, as a reader, it was a storyline called The Kang War. I'm trying to find those issues to eventually get to that, so one day I hope to cover that as well, since it's in the early days of the Avengers. In the end, he was bested and fled back to his main timeline. Now, he was trying to figure out why he's so obsessed with the Avengers in the first place, but then he realized it's because they challenged him and always found out a way how to beat him every time. And then he recalls when he conquered this one planetary system and then brought the Avengers to them and forced them to bow down to him, and he briefly had the upper hand. Uh, in this planetary system, he also fell in love with the former ruler's daughter. And she was not really accepting of him, but was kind of, like, leery towards him. There was Remnant, you know, she was starting to. But in that time frame and instance, uh, he ended up losing her because there was another person on that planet who loved her, too. So instead of her going with Kang, he ends up shooting her with some device, and she's near death. So Kang takes her, puts her in a stasis pod, and flees to the future to try and cure her. Now, he has all this vast technology in front of him, and he still can't cure her at this point. So he's still trying to figure out what to do with her and everything, try and help you know, fix her, basically. He spends decades trying to conquer places and using their technology to restore her. But he stumbles on the remains of a mortis and his tech from the further down future, and he ends up restoring her back to, to life and everything. But he still had this lust for power and was trying to conquer the Avengers in our modern era. Over and over again, he seemed like he had the upper hand, but he failed against them. Even running into variants of himself, like Ramatut at one point, fighting him in various states. And at one point, he fought a variant of Immortus. And he gained this thing called the Psychoglobe, which made him master of limbo. It's like the in-between of all realities, where Kang can have his base. When Kang won and he tried to use it, he was overwhelmed by it because it contained memories that Immortus had put in there in the experiences of all of Kang's variants. So he had that knowledge, he used that knowledge to form the cross-time Kangs or what we saw in Quantum Mania, the Council of the Kangs. Every version of him from every reality gathered in one place. We saw this at the end of Quantum Mania. Spoilers, I'm sorry. Uh, but it still wasn't enough for him. He again tried to beat the Fantastic Four and then left because all of a sudden he just got bored, lost interest. And he mentions that from time to time that he got bored and, you know, he's above them and he, they're like playthings to him. So he travels back to ancient Egypt to take over the guys of Ramatut again. So he's content for a while. He ends up even smashing his time machine because he's just going to stay there. But in the end, another team of Avengers and another Kang variant end up coming back to that time, and he ends up fighting that Kang with the help of the Avengers. He beats the variant, and he shows them how to use the time machine to return home. After a spell, he was bored again, so he uses the sphere to go to limbo, where he sees an image of a future Immortus making a deal with these timekeepers that we saw in the first few issues to do their bidding. He got pretty mad at this, and he decides he needed to stop it from happening. He studied the timekeepers and watched how they acted and went through the time streams to find weaknesses to use against them. That's how he brought into the loop the Supreme Intelligence. The Supreme Intelligence learned that the timekeepers and Immortus were trying to change the course of human history by killing Rick Jones, which brings us up to the current storyline. Then we see Rick brings Kang to his time ship to catch him up on the events and what's going on in the rest of the issues where we didn't see Kang. And he says, we need to do something. So the Supreme Intelligence is also brought to the ship at this point, too. They all agree the timekeepers and Immortus need to be stopped. Now the issue ends with Kang saying, let's get to work. So issue 10, we get right back into the action. We pick up where it got left off, where the Avengers were knocked unconscious. So the Avengers, they all wake up. They're in this palace or room or whatever, and they're like, what's going on? Were we attacked? Not really sure what's going on. So they end up going outside, which well, that probably wasn't the best thing they could have done. They go outside and they're on a future earth. Remember that Avengers battalion from the first issue where it's all those different versions of all the different Avengers but in a future timeline and everything. Well, they run into these guys and the narrator kind of goes through a little bit of backstory and everything and they like they they thought they understood what was going on, but now Rick is missing and Yellow Jacket is not with them as well. So they're like, wait a minute, is this one of those future worlds the Space Phantom was telling us about, the, the Terran Empire where Avengers are a conquering army? And Captain America is like, the Avengers are an army? Why are they coming after us? Now, they're all ready to attack the group of Avengers and they like, hey, don't you recognize us? We're, the, we're some of the original Avengers. You're molded after us and everything. So Captain Marvel said he's got his uh, you know cosmic senses back in line. He's like, I see a problem. They're not seeing us as our true selves. They're seeing us as the guardians of the galaxy. Now, in the comic, in this point in comic history, the guardians of the galaxy are not the ones that are in the movies. Uh, you've got Yondu and all the other characters. Charlie is Charlie 27 and stuff like that. They're the Avengers are being looked at as the current stage of Guardians of the Galaxy, which are the characters that you've seen in Guardians 2. Uh, remember at the end in Yondu's funeral, with the ca- other captains of all the other ships, and then one of the post credit scenes, it's Sylvester Stallone and all those guys, and they say, oh, let's go steal some stuff. Those are the characters that are the Guardians of the Galaxy in this current state. So this huge army sees the Avengers as the Guardians of the Galaxy. So, like, hey, what are you trying to do? Like, they're freedom fighters. They're trying to take over. And they see one of them has Captain America's shield, but these guys see it as a holy relic and it's sacrilege. So they just start attacking. So, I mean, they're blasting through these guys, and, you know, they're getting confused because they're fighting practically future versions of themselves. So they end up plowing through that army, and they get taken, you know, taken into custody and everything, And knocked out again. They're kind of ticked off about that. So then the real leader of this comes out. It's that, you know, Rickert, that John's Rickert character from the beginning. And they're like, wait a minute, that face, he kind of looks like Rick's descendant. And so they're like, hey, what are you doing with us? So they get captured and they're taken to this vault to be executed. But then this door opens and they're "They're trying to figure out what's going on. This door opens and Yellowjacket comes in. And he ends up telling him, hey, I was working with Immortus this whole time. And Immortus is like, hey, we need to get you guys out of here. So they undo what they're getting done and everything. Like They undo all the, the chains and bonds and everything. And all of a sudden, these bugs start falling out of and off of all of the Avengers. They're called limbo bugs, and it warps people's perceptions. And Jacket said it was Immortus' suggestion to do that. So that they didn't walk around, you know, as themselves. So Amortis is like, there's no longer time. We we need to convince the timekeepers to delay what's going on much longer. Your presence is vital. You need to come with us. So they end up going before Amortis and the Timekeepers, which is pretty intense for some of these Avengers because the ones from the past have never seen these guys. So the the Timekeepers are pretty much saying that like They try and prevent things from unraveling time and things like that. And they start saying how the Avengers are causes of different problems down the timeline and how Avengers are causing a lot of different problems in the 20th and 21st century and how mankind alone is responsible for part of those incursions and part of those problems. But they're also defending, and Immortus is trying to help too, that without humanity, a lot of different things could not have stopped. Like when Galactus tried to take over Earth, the Fantastic Four stopped them. The Kree Scroll Roar, you know, the Avengers stepped in and everything like that. And they're kind of confused, like, why do you want to get rid of us when we're the ones trying to stop all these things? Like we've prevented Galactus from taking over things. We've defied the Celestials and pushed back the Celestials. And we've also, in the future... Uh, staved off these things called the infinites. And they're like, what are the infinites? And the future guys are like, oh, don't worry about it. They'll come along in the future. So the timekeepers are basically saying humanity turns into this brutal enslaving army and it disrupts the rest of the timeline. So it's like, these are your accomplishments, you great heroes, due to man's hostile nature and the spread of the destiny force. And they're like, what's the destiny force? And Songbird is like the destiny force. Rick Jones is supposed to be the starting point for this. This is why they tried to take Rick in the first place. Rick's leaving led uh, to the world and the Avengers Empire. So they're like, whoa. So Rick Jones went into space and started this galactic empire. So now they're at this decision. Humanity's existence is necessary to the timekeepers but they cannot be allowed to contaminate the timelines. So we're gonna isolate humanity by destroying all but the minimum of timelines necessary to result in their existence. So they're like, wait a minute. So you're basically gonna just take us all out? I'm like, yeah, you know, we're we're not really into that. And then at present, almost forty-two percent of existing timelines are damaged by humanity. So this is kind of like breaking Captain America he's like what are you talking about that's not even half like we you know you're saying that we probably won't do some of these things and most realities we don't that's not justice so what do you think we're going to do and wasp is was trying to argue the point that you know you're talking about divergent futures possibilities there must be another way so then yellow jacket goes oh yeah there is a better way and suddenly all of their binders and everything come off and the destiny force is what's helping the Avengers right now. They're free. We're going to speak for ourselves, and let's do this. So, like Yellow Jacket throws Captain America his shield. It's like, hey, you got to do it. And he says, looks like Immortus' power is fading. And they're like, you know, back away, back away. So they're all trying to go after Immortus and the Time Keepers and everything. But the Time Keepers like vanish into this portal. So. They're like, hey, you know, we need to go after these guys. But right before they disappear, you can see him still trying to get into the portal. This other portal appears, and Yellowjacket goes, the cavalry is here. And it's Rick Jones on this big motorcycle with cannons, with Kang in the middle, and riding shotgun is the supreme intelligence. And the issue ends with saying, next, the Destiny War. So Avengers Forever 11, it picks right up, like Rick and Kang and... The Supreme Intelligence are on this basic dune buggy. And uh, you see Libra in the background. He's kind of in the shadows. So they're all trying to attack the, the Time Keepers. They put this shield up right before they went into this portal. So now they're stopped going, what's the meaning of this? So you've got Immortus and the Timekeepers on one side, the Avengers and Kang Supreme Intelligence on the other. You see Libra kind of in the shadows in the background. He's going, it's all coming together as it had to. Uh, The Avengers are trying to penetrate this big wall of energy and everything, and Libra's saying the cosmic balance is playing out. It's he who guided Rick Jones, the first human ever, to manifest the Destiny Forge, which he's now calling the energy that Rick Jones had all this time, by calling together these particular Avengers from different eras, and he goes, "'I knew this balance. I felt it. This grouping of time-crossed Avengers was crucial.'" Without these particular personalities, things would not have occurred the, occurred the way they did. Any kind of goes over who's what from what timeline. Like the lowest point in his life, Captain America, the unstable Yellow Jacket, Wasp, who's confident with Inner Strength and everything, uh, Giant Man, the team's quiet uh, support person, Hawkeye. This irritant consummate guy and everything songbird the link between the past and the present and everything close ties to everybody captain marvel rick jones himself and everything and kang goes you know i have modulated all our weapons to their frequency we're going to bust through this and then uh, supreme intelligence goes libra would you like to have a better vantage point so then libra kind of just jumps up on top of the big bottle that has the supreme intelligence in it. As I told you in the first issue, Supreme intelligence is this big brain with a face and it's kept in this big container with fluid. so he jumps on top of it. So the timekeepers are like, we need to get out of here because they're weakening our our shield and everything. So they grab a mortise and take off. So then Kang has everybody jump on that big motorcycle. It's you know, they even make fun of it. So they end up going through time barriers, and they go to the coordinates of the timekeepers, basically their base. So the timekeepers aren't really prepared for this, and they, you see them, they're in deep into their fortress, and they've got this forever crystal, and telling Immortus that with this, he can undo everything and just take them all out, and he needs to do this fast. So then all of a sudden, Kang and the Avengers and everything... They come after him and everything, and the timekeepers are trying to keep him back. They keep firing, and, you know, Kang's weapons do end up trying to weaken the barrier. And right before that, they're like, Amortis, you need to eliminate the Avengers right now. And Amortis goes, there's got to be another way. It doesn't involve sacrificing them. So they end up obliterating Amortis and taking the Forever Crystal. And they're getting ready to use it. So the Avengers are like, whoa, what just happened? So right before they can cross over their barrier, they use that Forever Crystal, and they bring in—it's a bunch of different uh, states of Avengers. You've got Hulk, and you've got uh, different versions of Iron Man, but they look like they're crossed over with different Kang variants, too. So he brings all these counterparts from every timeline that went bad and diverged reality into a dark and destructive future. So, these are like dark versions, evil versions of the Avengers. So, the timekeepers are using them to fight the Avengers. And they're holding their own and everything, but Libra's just like, this is my first great allegiance to the balance of everything. We must keep the balance. I've studied this for years, I can't help it. But then he starts getting involved. So, he ends up going over to Rick Jones and he touches Rick Jones and he gives Rick more powers of the, you know, of what he had before. He's got, you know, the destiny force powers. So they end up blasting through all these different variants and everything. And, you know, Rick ends up, you know, helping them out cuz he's got his powers back. So he ends up helping them beat him, but Libra's also fighting too. Then the Timekeepers end up striking down Libra. So then the beam lances out striking Rick Jones as well. So he's also now immobilized all the Avengers and Rick in this field. So now they're all surrounded by the Timekeepers and the evil variants and everything like that. So then the Timekeepers turn their sights on Kang. You know, the Avengers can't help him. So they all start shooting at Kang and the Supreme Intelligence and ever. So they're trying to get rid of both of them, Supreme Intelligence and that, by forcing your destiny to accelerate by transforming you into Immortus here and now, so they're trying to accelerate time for Kang, and they're going to try and turn him into Immortus so he can do their bidding. Because in that wonky time frame, you know, Immortus said he would help them. So Kang is like losing this battle, and Captain Marvel, he has those uh, quantum bands. You know, they're called the Negabands in in the, the comics. So whenever he clanks them together, he turns back into his human self, and the cosmic forces leave him. So to help break the spell and everything and get the Avengers free, he clanks them together, and he shorts them out. And Rick Jones looks up, and he's like, oh, who is is this future version of Captain Marvel? Well, it ends up being a future Rick Jones. So you've got Rick Jones in the present and Rick Jones in the future. So then they're both going at it, hitting those evil variants and everything, like, you know— This is, you know, you've got to stick by me and together we can take care of these guys. And you see this portal open behind the timekeepers and goes, hey, timekeepers, you got the bad guy Avengers. That's fine by me because we've got the good ones. And this huge portal opens and it's every Avenger who is, was and ever be from all the timelines that didn't turn evil. And then Yellow Jacket goes, "How about them apples, timekeepers?" That's how the issue ends with them saying, "How do you like them apples, creepers?" Because we like them just fine. So issue twelve, it's the big one, and it starts out with Wasping Avengers, follow me. The battle's this way. So she's got a whole bunch of alternate flying Avengers that are the good guys. And the most of this battle is. Through a bunch of different pages with a lot of dialogue. And since this is more of like a summarization of it, I mean, I really encourage anybody that's been a really big fan of the Avengers and they really want to see it. This is like the ultimate in Avengers storyline. So you have good Avengers fighting their evil variants. And all the good guys are trying to get to the timekeepers with the main group of Avengers leading the way. Now the Timekeepers have their big blaster array surrounded by an energy field and they're like they're trying to evolve Kang into a mortise and everybody is trying to get them. Now Libra is trying to get through them as well. It's like Kang alone is not enough. A mortis is not enough. There must be some balance. And if I can move swiftly, there you know, he's trying to help. But the timekeepers see that Libra's trying to help, so they kind of knock him off. And they go to Supreme Intelligence like, hey, can you help us? He goes, I can't do anything. My connection to Kang is broken from here on out. Things must play out without my taking an active hand. So the current timeline, Rick Jones is looking at his future self, going, hey, is there anything we can do here to help our friends? Now, this older Rick Jones is also missing one arm. He's got one of his negabands on a, a a belt, so he clanks them together and turns back in the Captain Marvel, and he goes, "Rick, you stay hidden. I'll take it from here." So the he leads the charge against the Timekeepers, which they're still fighting through. I mean, they're trying to get through this barrier. All these different Avengers now they've broken through and gotten most of the bad guys down, but they're still trying to force the Timekeepers barrier down, and you can see through it. They're they can see that Kang is swiftly turning back into a mortise. Like, he's almost transferred back into him. And they're like, ha, the transformation is almost complete. Your end is inevitable. Surrender, Kang. So Kang goes, nope, I am the conqueror. I will not turn to defeat. So then all of a sudden, Kang just, like, turns back into Kang. What was going to be a mortis just kind of vanishes. And the timekeepers are thrown back in this backlash of energy. And they're like, no, it's not possible. They're like, you know what? where this is definitely going to be done and the timekeepers like we've expended too much of our energy reserves our shields are dangerously weak so the avengers blast through that the tide turns and all of the good avengers are attacking the timekeepers so the timekeepers getting ready to calibrate their cannon they say a single blast and all will be gone no more than a faint whisper so then rick who was hiding the whole time he wasn't really hiding he was trying to get ahead of everybody he jumps ...into the big cannon right before it fires. And this huge, massive explosion just blows everything out. The timekeepers are just like, what happened? So Kang ends up holding them at gunpoint. And he's like, Rick, what What did you do? And he goes, your gambit, your gambit failed, boy. He sacrificed himself for you guys, for the Avengers. And he turns his weapons, he goes, yep, you guys thought you were going to win, but you are not. And they're like, we still have the power, we can escape and he goes no you consider yourself gods timekeepers but in the end you're only men with technology and machines can be beaten so he ends up blasting all of the timekeepers and killing all of those timekeepers and he goes yes kang is conquering everything kang is victorious the timekeepers are no more and the forever crystal will be mine but then captain america picks it up and he's like no no you can't do that so then captain america is holding the the forever crystal which shows Cap all the different events that have happened in Captain America's timeline, from beating all these different bad guys, and it shows him how Captain America is good in all these different timelines and everything, and he sees all this and more and knows what could happen in futures if this crystal is still allowed to exist. So he uses his power, you know, he's got the super soldier serum, and he crushes the forever crystal, just shattering the crap out of it. So then all those Avengers, good and evil, end up vanishing because they were brought there by the Forever Crystal. And they go to Kang, and he's like, all right, you need to go now. he goes, how could you hold a power like that, know what happens, and destroy it? And he goes, he didn't destroy anything permanently. And you turn around, and it's Immortus. He's a baby, but ends up turning into like adulthood right before their eyes. He goes, How could you tear? How could you be free from all that? How are you still here? He goes, You don't understand what's really going on here. For the crystal, it was merely thrown out of time. It will return. It will answer the call like this chronal fluke. I've studied it for centuries since you created it, and I know its true nature. So they're like, Wait a minute. This guy, but he's so young. How are you mortise? And he got killed. How does that work? And then Libra comes back, and he goes, The timekeeper sought to, to warp time to force Kang into another identity their technology would have succeeded but Kang was too strong and even as his future self was split off it created a rift that forced Immortus into existence as a separate entity so then Immortus ends up disappearing saying you know what I will not become another pawn in this I'm just going to go I'm not going to make the same mistake twice so he vanishes So then the temple that they're in starts to crumble and Kang's like, you know what? Uh, I am free from Immortus and the Timekeepers. What one question remains, how many worlds can I conquer? So then Kang vanishes too. So then all that's left is Libra, the Avengers, and the Supreme Intelligence. And they're like, hey, you know what? What are you going to do to help us here? So then they bring Rick Jones, which he looks like he's dead, but they tell the Supreme Intelligence... Since you're connected with that energy you gave him, you can restore him. So the future Captain Marvel, which is a younger version of him, he ends up coming close to him with the negabands and everything. And between their powers, Rick Jones comes back to life. And he's like, oh, what's going on? Did we win? Like, yeah, we did, but there were losses along the way without learning of a terrible threat that we must guard ourselves against. Kang's indomitable spirit was the key to victory but left unchecked the uh, this will lead us down to horrible futures the timekeepers feared that of humanity would end up having this dark future of tyranny and oppression in the galaxy we need to make sure that that doesn't happen so then the supreme intelligence ends up vanishing and libra sends all the time hopping avengers back to the points just after they left you see Songbird end up back in Avengers Mansion. They're like, hey, you disappeared just there. And she's like, I fought in the Destiny War. And since it's the future, they knew about it and, they're like, oh, okay. Yellow returns back to a point where he left. Uh, Hawkeye ends up going back to where he was. Captain America ends up going back to right after that person was killed and he was uh, led down the path of doubt and everything. So, you know, he remembers everything and he's just trying to be Cap again. And then the current team of Avengers, which was Giant Man and Wasp and Rick Jones, they end up being back at Avengers Mansion in the current time. So Rick has the Nega bands on. He clanks them together and he turns back into the Captain Marvel from the future. And uh, Rick is just like, it must be some sort of time flux with the cosmic awareness and... The Captain Marvel goes, I didn't sign up for this, and ends up flying off into the f- into space and we don't see him anymore. And then Hank, Pym, and Wasp go, you know what, we have some files to update, everything we've been through, we need to tell everybody what was going on. And the last page is the epilogue. You see Libra with the supreme intelligence and go, you know, uh, did you get what you bargained for for your scientific curiosity? He goes, it's too early to tell but I suspect we'll have well-satisfied results. Then Libra goes off, and next to the Supreme Intelligence is that destiny crystal, is the the crystal that Captain America shattered. And Supreme Intelligence goes, yes, things will be interesting, interesting indeed. So that is the whole shebang right there. It's a huge storyline, huge events happen, a lot going on, and I've only summarized it, so there's a lot more that went on in these pages. I encourage you, if you're a fan of Avengers, casual or anything, to find these issues. If you have okay. any questions on how to find them, you can reach out to me, Guy at gmail.com. You can hit me up on my Instagram at brythecomicbookguy. If you happen to know me and you're listening to this podcast and you want to know, I'll let you know how to find them. So join us next time on Comic Book Storylines. I'm glad you were here for this ride and hope you enjoyed this adventure with Avengers Forever. Until next time, thanks for listening.